Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the sanitation podcast. My name's Pete. Whenever I tell new people about the show, they ask what it's about and why do I do a podcast. I tell them that I started the show because I've worked in the sanitation industry and seen a few things that made me want to improve the experience that people have when they use portable toilets. And I thought the best way to do that was for me to share information and ideas and maybe create a community of like-minded listeners, operators, owners and users who shared the same goals. The second question I'm asked is, are you making any money? I know I'm running a Patreon page and I've been very lucky to have the support of the sponsors and guests, but I didn't start Get Flushed to make money. I did it because I've got a genuine interest in sanitation and if you work in the industry, you will know what I mean. Besides that, nobody else was making a podcast about portable toilets and I thought it would be fun. Before I get all misty-eyed, the best thing about producing the show has definitely been the friendships that I've made with listeners along the way. It's really humbling to know that so many people allow me into their offices, homes, cabs and lives every time they listen in. That said, the hardest part about running the show is finding those listeners. You record the show, publish it on a platform and wait. Chances are one or two people will stumble across it. But to really build the audience, you have to spread the word and tell as many people as possible. And I do that mainly through social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I share news and stories that I hope will resonate with people. That's actually quite hard to do from a standing start. It takes time and perseverance and you need to have a really thick skin because for every person who actually tunes in, there are literally hundreds who'll skip past. But when people do follow the link, they sometimes become loyal fans who tend to get in touch and let you know how much they've enjoyed the show. Now, social media is often criticised for creating false illusions and pretense, but I know that I could rock up in any number of yards all over the world and be warmly welcomed with a hug and invited to stay for a good yarn and a few cold beers. I'm feeling a sense of community among operators that's hard to find these days, especially with COVID and everything else that's going on. One of my online friends is Robert Siegelquist, who's over in Texas. Robert specialises in building web groups using web funnels and he keeps telling me to collect emails and use automated campaigns to grow the show. You can learn more about how he does that by visiting his website which is groupspro.io that's G-R-O-U-P-S-P-R-O dot I-O. Now you'll know you found Robert because he'll be the cowboy when the really big Stetson hat. Now despite Robert's advice I don't collect emails or run a get flushed group. But I have sent a few emails to tell people about the show, and I did that by searching Google, visiting the websites of as many different operators, suppliers, providers as I could find, and copying their published email address. Now, I'm not sure how successful they've been, and I was actually quite shocked at how many email addresses bounced back as address invalid or unknown, or how many email servers rejected my bulk emails as spam. And I'll stress there that I always use BCC to hide the recipient's email address. The very first person to reply to those emails was Karen Smith from Hyraloo on the Queensland coast in Australia. Karen and her husband Guy have owned and operated Hyraloo for over 12 years. Her first email was really short but polite. She just said, thanks for that info, we'll have a listen. A couple of days later, Karen sent me a second email and she wrote, I've had listened to your podcast this morning and it's funny listening to what so much of our day-to-day life running Hyraloo is like. You certainly cover a lot of issues. We've been called Kenny many times and we completely relate to it being a serious business that incorporates customer service, logistics and so much more. We're just wondering, what's your aim with the podcast? Where do you hope to head with it or is it just for fun? 
Looking back at that email from Karen as we reach episode 24, I thought it might be a good time to answer those questions, think about what we've covered, where we've been, and see whether or not I've actually started to meet some of my original intentions. I'd like to start this review with a quick recap of the series so far, just to remind ourselves where we've been and think about what might come next. Way back at the start of the series, I spoke about market segments, and I used the image of five Olympic rings as a metaphor for the types of customers we typically serve. Now, so far in the series, I've covered five broad themes. Setting the scene, suppliers, operations, software, and events. And if I pick up that metaphor of Olympic rings, I think I can use that as a structure to navigate our way through a review of the series so far against those five headings. I'll talk through each one in turn. Setting the scene. Anyone in the industry will have a good idea of what happens when you deliver, service and collect a portable toilet. Listeners who don't work in the industry probably won't know. The first five episodes were designed with that in mind. They set the scene and painted a picture of the way typical restroom operations work. Episode 1, Down the Pan, looked at the history, design, manufacture and assembly of individual portable toilets and modern plastic cabins. In number 2, Easy Like ABC, I talked about the steps needed to launch and run a portable toilet business and I looked at the sanitation market through the eyes of a local provider. In episode 3, Down the Pan, I examined the rules for handling septic waste and I went out on site with sanitation driver Kerry to see what happened when he cleaned a portable toilet. And in On the Tools, number four, I assembled a portable toilet cabin and talked about what happens when those cabins reach the end of their working life. The last introductory episode was number five, Suck and Blow, when I looked at vacuum pumps, holding tanks and sanitation hose. And I talked about the challenges that come with removing, transporting and discharging liquid waste. The second ring in my model refers to the suppliers, and here we have episodes 6, 7, 8, 9, and number 14. Now, I could include the episodes about software here, but I'm treating those as a separate ring. In episode 6, the blue, I talked about odour control and the chemicals used to treat portable toilet waste with Tonya Ray from Serco Portable Toilet Products. And in number 7, A New Paradigm, I talked about odour elimination with David Pipkin from Portaclear. We were then joined by Tina Stinnett from Sunrise Environmental in episode 8, Taking the Pee, and Tina told us all about how to control and remove uric scale. Number 9 on a roll and number 14 plying the trade were all about toilet paper, and that last one, number 14, was where I met Nick Trainer, the VP of TP at GP. Moving on to operations, our third ring, episodes 10, 11, 12, 13, 16, 20 and 23. Now, there are more episodes in that cluster than anywhere else, and that's because the show is really about an operationally focused industry. In episode 10, New Hands on Deck, I met with a recruitment consultant, Carl, and I jumped in the cab with Zach, a temporary sanitation driver, in his first week at work. In episode 11, counting numbers, I asked how many toilets a sanitation driver can realistically clean each day, and I talked about the variables that determine a daily workload. Episode 12 was the first of our monthly specials, or PMT, The Poo Man Tales, and that one was all about Ryan Granger from Arcadian Sanitation in Lafayette, Louisiana, and his new business. 
Episode 13, Seventh Inning Stretch, was a catch-up with Dave Andres from Sanitrax, and we talked about the podcast, the industry, sponsorship, and our plans for the rest of the season. In episode 16, I met Stefan and Anthony Kovic from Prestige Lose in Auckland, who also spoke about software. And our last operational episode was number 23, the Pooman Tales from the Garden City, where I met the trade waste team responsible for managing the wastewater system here in Christchurch. The fourth ring in our model is software, and I started that exploration in episode 15, the Holy Grail. And that's where I listed the 10 key functions that I think are necessary in a software package designed specifically for portable restroom operators. I went back to that in episode 16, the one where I went to Prestige Lose in Auckland, and in episode 17 and 18, I was joined by two providers, Service Core in number 17 and Pro Solutions in number 18. I then jumped forward to episode 22, where I spoke with Lee and Sean from Ally Pro. And they talked about the software they'd developed and were using with Prestige Lose up in Auckland. My fifth ring is the events world. And that includes episode 19, 20 and 21. Now I changed tack in number 19, Party Poopers, to explore the challenges that arise when you supply portable toilets to special events. I went back to that in episode 20, from A to B and back again, when I looked at the challenges of how you can move large numbers of portable toilets to and from events. And in number 21, towing the line, I looked at an alternative to plastic portable toilets and talked about the issues that I've encountered when operating caravan-style towable restrooms. So that really is a whistle-stop review of the series so far. Now, I've had a few emails from people who've said they've gone back and listened to those early episodes again after a period of some weeks, and they've really enjoyed them, and they've really pulled a lot of useful and relevant information from them. So thank you for that. I try my best to make sure that the episodes are punchy and sharp and include lots of useful facts and information, and it's nice to know that people recognise that and have taken time to thank me for it. Reflecting back on the series and reading those early emails from Karen has made me realise just how far the show has come over the last five months. In that time, I've had some really good conversations with Karen and Guy about their business, the industry and the future. We've become good friends and they've become Patreon sponsors and a great sounding board for my ideas for the show. And as I said last week, their boys Charlie and Benji will soon be the first Australians to be rocking Get Flushed Caps. Now, as operators, Karen and Guy have bold plans for Hyralu, and we've already started to plan ways that we can share insights and ideas from their operation in future episodes. Following a series of conversations I've had with Guy, I've started to think about the philosophical questions that drive portable restroom operators. Now, that sounds a bit deep, but the key questions I'm asking are, why are you in business? Why do you do what you do? And what values drive your operational decisions? And you know, they're not easy questions to answer. What's the real purpose of a portable sanitation business? Is it to make as much money as possible? Is it to make a decent living? Is it to provide unrivaled service so you have the best reputation around? Is it possible to balance those two ends of the spectrum? And from there, I've started to ask whether operators really understand the true cost of doing business. How do you know that a job is profitable? What margin should you aim to achieve before you accept a job or turn it down? How low is too low? 
Those themes provide a great basis for a wider debate about how you make sure your fleet matches your business aims, your clients' needs are balanced against your needs, and that your staff act in a way that supports your business aims without you having to do all of the work yourself. I think it's pretty common for business owners to find themselves working in the portable restroom operation rather than on the business. How can someone like Ryan grow his business without burning himself out? When we start talking about software, I'd like to pick up on what Sean and Lee said about technology allowing the same number of people to do more work or the same work more efficiently. And I'd like to explore the notion that some operators perhaps have used software to replicate what they were doing manually. That's a really interesting angle because work habits usually evolve as we try to get the job done. They aren't necessarily planned and they're not usually the most efficient or effective solution. Now I think a lot of business people would probably do things different if they had to start again. But those established patterns are comfortable and familiar and that might be what makes people choose or design software that replicates the status quo. When Lee from AlliPro spoke about his onboarding process, I wondered how much those big changes would cause the business to wobble and what impact would that have on performance and customer retention. As I said earlier, those are really big questions and I don't have any immediate answers. If I've learnt one thing over the past few months, it's that there's always more than one way to skin a cat. What works for one provider won't work for another, and what you do today might not even be valid tomorrow. And I say all of that knowing that wherever we are, however big or small your business, we're all doing the same thing, providing a portable restroom solution for customers who might not otherwise be able to visit the bathroom. I'm hoping to explore opinions and unravel those questions and more in future episodes, and I'll start next week when I share an extended chat with Karen and Guy from Hyralu. I've got lots of other guests lined up for the remaining episodes of this series, including a full-length feature on our series sponsor, Sanitrax International. I'm already planning material for Season 2, and I'm completely open to suggestions and ideas. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you'd like to come on the show, we can make it happen. I can record the episode remotely, and of course, everyone who appears on the show gets a custom-made Get Flushed coffee mug. And for people who don't drink coffee, like my old friend Ross Ambrose, I'll send a Get Flushed cap. One of those caps is on its way to Texas, to JB Salty, who produces his own podcast, The Ship's Log. Now, I've been sharing ideas and information with JB since both our shows were reviewed on the BBC Podcast Radio Hour. JB interviews different guests about their life at sea, and his show is really interesting. It's good work, man. If you've got some spare time, give him a listen. The ship's log. As usual, thank you for joining me today. Please remember to tell at least one family member, friend, colleague or stranger about Get Flushed. And please visit our Patreon page. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash Get Flushed. For a small monthly donation, you'll get early access to every episode and unlock bonus features not available elsewhere. Once again, I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed, the portable sanitation podcast. (laughs) 